Hey, this is Leslie, host of the Rogue Ones podcast. Thank you for listening to this show. You know, I did this limited series in 2018 and 2019. The world was a wildly different place, but knowing that people are still listening to it now and benefiting from these stories brings immense satisfaction. So thank you. If you want to keep up with my own rogue adventures, you can follow me on Substack. Yes, I have one too. An easy link to find that is leslieethompson.com slash Substack. I write on there frequently, but then I'll also post audio vignettes that don't fit into a typical podcast framework. I've been busy, and I bet you have been too, Rogue One. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Now, here's the episode, and I hope you enjoy. You're now listening to the Rogue Ones podcast, conversations with extraordinary people doing fascinating things that will encourage us to live with a bend toward the remarkable. Today, you'll meet a Rogue One whose dog has more followers than her on Instagram, about 3.6 million more followers. Here it comes. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Rogue Ones podcast. I'm Leslie Eiler Thompson, and I'm glad you're here. You can find more information about this episode and see a full list of other guests at RogueOnesPodcast.com and on Instagram at Rogue Ones Podcast. Social media has undoubtedly shaped our world, and for some people, it's changing their lives and laying new ground that wouldn't have existed even 10 years ago. One such career path is that of an influencer. We all know them, and we all follow influencers whose brand aligns with our lifestyle. We also may follow influencers of a different species. Chances are high you're following a little dog named Doug, and he's a pug. He's Doug the Pug and he has 3.7 million followers on Instagram, and a Claire's line with plush toys and hats and other items. Oh, and calendars and books. So yeah, you've probably seen his sweet little face around. 10 years ago, before Doug the Puck was born, I sat in a music business class next to a girl who shared a first name with me. Her name is Leslie Mosier, and within a few years, she would get the dog of her dreams and be catapulted into a career of epic proportions as a quote, Momager, end quote. No doubt, she's a rogue one. Her life is nothing but unique, and she's learned a lot from it. How does someone like this manage the details, keep the vision intact, and deal with personal health issues at the same time? That's what this conversation is about. Leslie invited me to her home in Nashville, and Doug actually greeted me at the door. (laughs) And we talked all about her journey, from happenstance to insecurities, and from lucky breaks to hard work. We touched on it all. Leslie is married to a man named Rob. And fun fact, Jonathan Van Ness officiated their wedding. Rob was able to sit in with us and provide some perspective on Leslie's journey. You'll hear him softly share every so often. And it's a great reminder that behind these rogues are people who love them and are ready to catch them when they fall. I learned a lot from Leslie Mosier, and you will too. Please enjoy. Okay, we could start this a million ways, but um, let's start with how we have the same first name, and perhaps let's share the story of why we call each other 317537. Man, what a story. We were in college, and I remember you either putting it in your calculator and showing me, or you were like... Well, how do you have been in that intro to music business class? Yes. Where it's probably the only class in my whole college career where I would have had a calculator. (laughs) And we were sitting there, and I think it was something like at the both at the same time, we were like, hey, I can spell. 
And then we stopped and just like pointed at each other. We could spell our name on a calculator. So that's really where we go back to is name. And you were also my RA. So she uh, knew yes. my my weird, um, dark freshman year days where oh, I just bless. was very All easily influenced. And Yeah. One time I cut the roses off some of the rose bushes. <laughs> Okay, so that's where we go back to. But then I, obviously, all of the things with Doug happened. Yes. But before that, what happened after, like, after freshman year? What was kind of your path after that that got you to where you are? Yeah, so I went to Belmont in the hopes of being in the music industry. So my junior year, I found a really awesome internship with an artist manager in town, Josh Terry. He worked at Aware Records. um, And throughout his career, they've managed people like um, John Mayer, Train, The Fray. um, And at that time, they were managing Mayday Parade and Matt Carney. Oh. So I grew up going to pop punk shows, listening to Mayday Parade. Uh Um, So getting to intern for Josh and working with a band that I actually like felt really invested in was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I interned for him longer than a semester and then he hired me. Um, So I had a job before I even graduated. So yeah, I was working for him for several years and I learned a lot about management and calendars and how to reach out to people. Because you weren't just like a random intern doing like one thing. In a place like that, you're doing everything. Yeah, You're touching like every portion of that. Yeah, it was a lot of like day-to-day management. And um, I did a lot of the graphic design for him and for the bands and a lot of the social media. In a lot of my other interviews, I've, you know, people have asked, how does it all start? And kind of like the... Um, short answer is, you know, I was working for my boss and all I had to do was Instagram for his artists, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. So it was really a hard commitment for me to start and be like, I want an Instagram for myself because I was already doing so much for everyone else. So Mm. when I finally was like, you know what, I'm just going to make myself an Instagram. I realized how much I loved doing it, like for me personally. It changes, doesn't it? Yeah. When you do it for yourself. Exactly. But like that first initial, like, do I actually want to make that account was hard. But now I can't imagine. Why do you think that was hard for you? Because I was just, I felt like burnt, not burnt out, but there were so many people I was already like managing their lives. And I was like, do I really want to have to manage my online life? Yeah. You know? Um, So I started that account. I started posting photos of Doug and I, and some some of them were just Doug, but the ones that were Doug would do so well, and they would get thousands of likes, whereas my photo of a concert I went to would get like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I quickly realized that that was you know a thing, and that people loved not only Doug for being cute and for like the costumes I would put him in, but they loved the name Doug the Pug. And of course. Like, Doug the Pug, Doug the Pug. And you always wanted that name. Like, before you even met him, wasn't that Thank a thing? Thank you. Yes. yes. We have confirmation. I, I seem had, to remember that. I had always wanted a pug named Doug. People that knew me before this. I've had some trolls tell me that I stole their name from oh. another Doug the Pug. Like, oh. there's... I mean, it's like a common name. I'm not sure. I'm not the it first rhymes. person it's to ever... Rhyme. You know, I know that. I'm. Right. But um, I had always wanted a pug named Doug. I put 
photos up of pugs in my college dorm everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this was a time, I mean, I don't even think at this point I had a smartphone, so I didn't know Instagram at this time. Yeah. But it was a very different Very different. World. And that's why I think I also had trouble like making that leap to have an Instagram because it was on the newer side. Like people were still very Facebook heavy. Um, Instagram was really a place where people would put up a photo and put put a filter on it. Like yes, I don't right. remember there being many like branded accounts, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. The craziest thing is that Doug, his like first moment of viral fame didn't even come from Instagram. It came from Facebook. I heard that. It was like at a video at Dragon Park or something. Yeah. And you you like woke up the next day and it had what? Like a hundred million or yeah, uh, 20, million. A lot. <laughs> 20 million 20. overnight. So Good it's gosh. funny because at that point we had just <clears throat> hit a hundred thousand followers on his Instagram. Hmm. And I was like on top of the world. We had a party um, for his uh, 100K party. We had a cake and everything. And it just felt like so exciting. And this is, you're still working at the management company. I was still working at the management company. But the craziest thing is I decided to put in my notice um, shortly after that. And not knowing that it would be because of Doug. I was thinking, I'm going to start my own graphic design thing. I had a few like uh, accounts that I was doing like freelance stuff for. And I'm like, I just need to be my own. I was feeling very like held down and I just wanted to like be my own boss, I guess. So I put in my notice and then it was like five days later that the video went viral and totally confirmed why I needed to be Uh because it just went from zero to 60 and it was just, I mean, we haven't, I don't think we've taken a real off day since then. Really? What Um, year was that? 2015. Jeez. So I posted it to Instagram that night and he had a hundred thousand. I shared it to Facebook where he only had 3000 followers at the time. Okay. And Facebook was one of those things where it's like it wasn't really taking off, but I still like would share anything I posted to Instagram. I would share to Facebook. So I woke up the next morning and I saw he had 12,000 followers on Facebook. And I was like, that's weird. Quadrupled overnight. And then I looked at the video and it was like going crazy. And coincidentally, my boss was uh, not in the office the next day. Luckily, I didn't have much to do anyways, but I was just like literally sitting online watching this video go viral and getting emails from all the media companies saying, can we, do we have your permission to use this on, you know, channel, whatever? Like, can we run this on Good Morning America? And it was just And what was it? He was running around in the park with a pug balloon on him? Pug balloon attached to his waist. And the song, Let Me Tell You About My Best Friend, like, people, let me tell you about my best friend. Just so <sighs> simple. Rob was on tour at the time. Re- sorry. You were recording. Rec- okay. I always get that wrong. <laughs> he was recording um, an album at the time in California. So it was crazy because he was gone. And I was like, this is happening. And he was freaking out. Oh my and gosh. I was freaking out. So you're in the office just, like, manning all... Just, just, just it was just chaos. Before it even had the chance to die down, Rob got home from recording. Recording. And we immediately were like, well, we can't just like let this video be the only video. We got to keep making videos. Like this is apparently the sweet spot. Like we just found something here. Mm-hmm. So we immediately went to like Franklin. Did you say this was one of your first videos that you did with him? It was one of the first. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
I mean, we had a few other ones, but this was one of the first, like, set to music in a park. Like, it had a, had a scene, had a costume kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to Franklin only a few days after Rob got back. I brought a Harry Potter costume that I threw together. We put him in front of, like, old old stone brick walls and put the Harry Potter music in front of it. That video got 25 million. Good. And we're like, oh, my God, we got to start recreating popular uh, TV shows and movies. This is this is going to be the thing. Yeah. We did The Walking Dead at Radnor Lake. Went viral, got 30 million views. And it just kept, we kept doing all these things and going on these adventures. And Doug was, you know, doing his thing because he's just so naturally really amazing at being in front of the camera. He loves the costumes. He loves just being with us. So the videos just kept going viral. Then it was Halloween. Oh, yeah. We we sat down and came up with a ton of ideas. Yes. And it was the first Halloween since he had went viral. And at this point, he now had a million followers on Facebook. How quickly did that happen? Within a month. (gasps) He he went from 3,000 to a million within a month. On Facebook? On Facebook. So now Facebook was bigger than Instagram. Oh and my it, gosh. it still is. Okay. But Instagram in terms of clout is bigger for us because Facebook is just Facebook. They've changed their algorithm a lot. It's no longer what it used to be. But yeah, so Facebook was at a million at this point. We had just gotten our book deal. Um things were like really exciting and crazy, but for that first Halloween, I was like we got to make all these Halloween videos and sure. spoof popular right. a, video a, week, a, a, day. a day for a like day. a week. So we did thriller, we did paranormal activity, all these videos and they all just, you know, it was really well. at the height of our Facebook and the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So they were all going viral and good morning America and all this crazy stuff. It was, it was really awesome. It's wild. And one of the things that is most interesting to me about watching him and just, um, uh, like taste tastemakers and and trendsetters, he's. It's like you guys have really conditioned your minds to see something that's happening and immediately be able to jump on it. The egg post, like that had just happened. Thank you. And then he goes and has the egg post, and I think, what was it? There was some account that wanted to get the most likes on an egg picture yeah, of an egg. Yeah, and they like they said, let's set you know, let's break the world record for the most likes on an Instagram photo and like beat out Kylie Jenner. That egg photo, I think, broke Doug's record for Did likes. It really? It has, how can you check? It has like over three hundred something thousand likes. The like, egg photo itself, definitely top three. All these years later. And it's because of a freaking egg. An egg. I think back on all the photos that we've taken that were like, I've made costumes for hours, <laughs> or I've we like went to some foreign country, and I'm like, this is gonna be the most, yeah. But that's the, the thing egg. about like trends and these viral things is that it's almost like if you're in the practice of looking for it and mm-hmm. being involved with it. It's almost like you help something along. Like, how many more likes did that egg, the real, the original egg photo get? Because you guys, oh, yeah, I know, you know, added. you totally. added to the noise in that way, which is kind of cool about like culture making and yeah, yeah. and you can't beat them, join them. That's right, and that's why we we don't jump on trends that we don't like agree with or like right. you know like we right. totally stay away from everything political or like mm-hmm. and it sucks because sometimes things will be trending and it's like that's all anyone's talking about but we right. can't was that a conscious decision you made at one point early on 
I think it's just kind of been like an unspoken rule, mm-hmm. or like, like that's a part of the brand. You yeah, don't wanna... it's just we we just want to, you know, we never want to like take too much of a side of like, you know, we don't want to do anything depressing or we don't mm-hmm. want to do anything polarizing. It's just like Doug is there to be happy and funny and well, cute. Well, who knows what Doug thinks about politics? You it, know, it's you can't true. speak for him. It's true. You said you wanted to work in the music business. Mm-hmm. Was that something you always wanted to do from a very young age? No. Um, I had always wanted to be a veterinarian, which is funny. Yeah. So I, like, all through high school, I was on track to, like, all the classes I would take and try and do well in was for me to go to vet school. Oh, even in high school, you Mm -hmm. were, oh, my gosh. So I was looking at Virginia Tech vet school, but it's literally eight years of essentially, like, medical school. Uh, all of my family is very studious and they mm-hmm. all have multiple master's degrees and things like that. And I'm just like, that is not me. I don't, I'm not going to pretend it is me. <laughs> it is a struggle. I like got good grades, but like it is hard. It was not um, easy. So I, I kind of realized that. And then I'm also a very sensitive, like empathic person mm-hmm. and I absorb sadness and happiness, but like animals being sick I I can't Mm. like I I get enough emotion Mm. watching a sad video on the internet I don't want to like put myself through that um it takes a special kind and I I still like get excited when we go to the vet just like the the environment because our our next door neighbor was a vet when I was growing up in Virginia and Mm. like I would like go to his office and stuff so I, I love just animals being around animals yeah um which is funny because it's like if you kind of put together the equation of like veterinarian and music industry it gives us Doug the pug Right. It's like it's kind my of love amazing. of animals and then my love of like the graphics and the social media of the music industry and just like overall management and just kind of pop culture. Mm-hmm. So it was all meant to be. Yeah. Where yeah. was the switch to music business then if you were that um, invested in veterinary school? So I started, I did like some music when I was like 16 and had it recorded and it was like on the radio in Chesapeake, Virginia. Oh, yes. I, you know, loved it. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. And it also kind of taught me how to be in the public eye a little more. Like I would do some local like TV interviews and stuff. And it just kind of trained me in how to like be interviewed and, um, be like confident. Cause I, I struggled with conf. I mean, everyone does, but like Mm -hmm. I was, it, in high school, it was really hard for me until that point. And I kind of like, it broke me out of my shell. And I was also, um, a flute player in high school. I I, like went to district, whatever, and all that stuff. So I knew my band directors very well. And one of them was like, you need to look at Belmont in Nashville. Like this school would be perfect for you. Like this is your, this, I mean, blah, blah, blah. So we checked it out. I applied and I accepted, which this is crazy now that I look back. I accepted going to the school without ever stepping, stepping foot on campus. Foot. I was just like, okay, this is going to be the school. Like and it was Nashville. a music business program. Mm-hmm. So he suggested you go for music business, not necessarily flute yes. performance or anything. Exactly, okay. yeah. And that was just kind of the only place that like looked like it would fit with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it was a hard decision for my parents because – it's a private school. It's in a yeah. different state. Everyone in my hometown essentially goes to school in state. So all my friends were going mm. to JMU or Virginia Tech or, you know, other schools like that. But um, I'm just so thankful that I did go 
to Belmont because even more so than like what I've learned from Belmont, it was what I learned from living in a city and living in Nashville that taught me like everything that I need to know as an adult. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because I met Rob because Mayday Parade was on tour with Rob's band. So I went to see a Mayday Parade concert um, in Memphis. I was visiting one of my best friends and then Rob's band was playing with them. So I like briefly met Rob and we like literally shook hands, but then we like got in touch on Facebook. Oh, and thanks again, Facebook. Thanks, yeah, Facebook. thanks, Facebook. And now we are married. And now look at that. Well, <laughs> and that's what I love about um, people's stories, just in general. Is so you've mentioned that you listened to Mayday Parade, and then you ended up interning and working for their manager, working closely mm-hmm. with them. And now you married a guy that you met through the thing. Yeah. And you wanted to be a vet, and on and on. And here you are now with like the combination of all of those things. And it's like we pick up these little breadcrumbs along the way. I know. It's crazy. It's very full circle. There's uh-huh. just a lot of full circle things in this stage of life and it's it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Even just the fact that like my RA from college is sitting here <laughs> when we're like doing a podcast together. That's, That's so amazing. cool. Uh, so one thing I love asking people is about lucky breaks because I feel like that happens. Mm-hmm. Are there any examples of that in your life where you, it was just completely luck but if it hadn't have happened you know obviously there's a viral video but yeah I think one of the things for Doug that happened that looking back it was really lucky is he we reached out to Justin Bieber's management when they were doing the promotion for the what do you mean Mm -hmm. song it was like right before he kind of launched that era of like sorry and what Mm -hmm. do you mean which again is very helpful for you to know how all that promo works from an artist side because you know timing of when the right time would be to get to to get to them you have to email the management or the PR you know like you have to know who to get you know who the players are yeah but um Justin was posting for like 20 days he was posting a countdown of people holding a sign that said uh, 18 days until what do you mean and every day it was like a different celebrity and I was like oh my god how cool would it be if Doug got on here I had never met anyone from the Bieber team or anything and I emailed them and they were totally down for Doug to do one really? and at the time he didn't even have a million followers so like he wasn't like extremely massive to where but he was like fresh and new yeah he was okay. definitely relevant yeah but still like compared to you know the other celebrities that they had on board like Will Smith or like all these yeah. other people um they could have easily just been like next or like you know not responded to my email right so rob and i freaked out we're like oh my god we have to make this epic so justin was just doing the ads for the calvin klein underwear (laughs) so we went to nordstrom and got doug uh baby calvin klein underwear which like thank goodness they have baby calvin klein boxers and we (laughs) made the sign that said what do you mean doug the pug and took three awesome photos and sent it to the management and they were like, all right, so it was, he was on day eight or like four or something. I don't know. So one of those days. And we're like waiting for the day. And it's, it's like finally here. And I'm like, man, I hope they post him. And, you know, things right. go wrong sometimes sure. or they go with someone else. And I'm like sitting in this cafe with my friend and they post a photo. And then they post another photo. They posted two in a row of Doug and uh-uh. tagged him. And we got over 50,000 followers in 24 hours. Oh, my word. It was, like, 
crazy. Like I, I, I could only wish for another day like that to happen now. Like yeah. it was, it was wild. And that have. was all because you had an idea and you just followed through and you made the ask mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And we, and we went above and beyond and sent them options. Oh. So we didn't just give them one photo. We gave them a bunch of options and then they were like, these are both good. Both good. And we played off of Bieber's brand of Calvin Klein. Yeah. So it's like combining all of those things. It's like being, you know. But you, then you also mentioned you, you didn't have, you said you didn't have a million followers, but you still had quite a few. Mm-hmm. So you showed up for the work. Like you had already done a lot of groundwork. You totally. didn't even know this was going to happen, but you had already been doing the work for some time. And yeah. then you kind of made the opportunity this podcast talks a lot about being being a rogue. There is a certain type of person that does very unique things, has a very interesting, unique journey, um, partly because they show up for things, but there are certain qualities that these sorts of people have. And I always love asking them, what are the qualities you see in yourself that allowed you to kind of work through this and, and have this life that's so varied and... Um, flexible and fun and you know all the things you know do you are there any qualities in yourself that you see that were growing through the years when you were young and then kind of evolved and developed totally I think the one of the main things is I'm very what's the right word but like when I tell myself what what is the word for this dedicated Mm -hmm. dedicated to a fault (laughs) like when I tell myself I'm gonna try something new to help with my health issues, I do not stray from that. So if I'm like, I'm going to try this diet um, because everyone says this helps, like I do not even stray or bat an eye Mm -hmm. to where I'm like kind of miserable. But Mm -hmm. like if I set myself to do it, I'm... You're committed. committed, You've made a commitment to yourself and you follow Um, through on it. When I was in college, I ran marathons. And then for one of like a few of the marathons... I forgot about that. You did. Mm -hmm. I told myself, I'm not going to stop once. And I legitimately did not stop once for 13.1 miles and got under two hours. And, like, I could never do that now. <laughs> but, like, that, th- those kinds of things, I would just – I set these little mental, like, ticks in my head. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, and I'm, I have to do this. And I, like – it's bad because I get really down on myself if I don't, like, live up to it. But at the same time, it really – I, like, push myself – do you feel like you you compete against yourself? Like, yeah. is that something? Totally. It's amazing now that I have Rob because he, he knows when to, like, scale me back and to be like, mm. you have to, like, let yourself, you know, not yeah. be so hard on yourself. And I'm like, okay. And I feel like that's something where in the past, like, year and a half or so, I've, like, really, like, learned to be more just, like, I don't have to do these things. Mm. It's myself that told myself I have to do these things. Right. Like even just something like working out every day. Like if I don't work out, if I like now I'm better, but if I wouldn't work out or wouldn't go on a run or something, I would just be so upset. And it's like, this is stupid. But that's, I mean, my determination, um, that's definitely one of the strengths. And it's helped me with Doug because I would force myself to post two photos a day. Yeah. No matter what. And so those schedules and the structure of that is what really like pushed us to the next level. Cause you didn't start like a month ahead being like, okay, I'm going to schedule and start doing photo shoots for you were doing it in real time. Yeah. Right. Like daily you were having photo shoots for like that day or the 100%. next day. 
um, and we only recently, I would say at the start of this year, we were like, okay, let's see what happens if we only post one time a day okay. on certain days. Like if the winter has always been really hard with Doug and taking photos because there's nothing happening. Right. It's really cold outside. It's really, really gray outside. Our house is dark all day. It gets dark at 5 p.m. And so historically with Doug's account, it's been like really difficult. So this season we're like, okay, well – if we don't have anything to post or if nothing creatively comes to us, let's just see what happens if we, you know, only post once. And we've been doing that. And it's not only been the account hasn't exploded or mm-hmm. imploded, which mm-hmm. I was my <laughs> so you were afraid I was always like, oh, my God, we're going to lose all our followers. That has not happened. Um, and it's been a lot better for our mental health. Like today, Good. we're just going to not post because we posted this morning. It's doing really well. Good. Um, and like I said, no one is telling us we have to post twice a day, but I'm telling, you know, so we're getting better progress. I would say the other quality of myself is I'm an empath. Mm. So I absorb other people's emotions. I'm highly sensitive to anything, energies mm. and, um, crowded areas, crowded areas. Yeah. uh, just, I mean, there's, there's so many, too. yeah, I'm, I'm a sponge and I, I thought that everyone had this. Right. You grow up thinking everybody is the same way yeah. I am. Right. And then I realized, like, no, this is, like, not not everyone has this. Not everyone, like, feels these feelings about people or just can tell by looking at a photo of someone if they're a good person or not. Mm. And now that I'm recognizing this in myself, I realize, like, it also helped me with Doug because it's helped me make subconsciously make decisions or I also just haven't really fallen into the craziness of social media, like being a quote unquote influencer. Like I like my, not safety, but like I'm very, you know, I'm a homebody. A lot of people given the situation would just like use it to, you know, and I hope this isn't coming across as like, I'm really, I'm a good person. I've really done a good job of like staying true to myself. Right. And like, I've grown a lot right. and I'm like, you know, I, I know who I am as like a entrepreneur and like as a person, but I haven't like sold my soul to like try and be more popular or anything. Cause that's just never been, me. And I don't know how that even relates to being an empath, but I think it's because a lot of those people, and I've met a lot of them with the job that we do, a lot of them don't have good energies and they don't have good intentions. Um, mm. And I just, I can't surround myself with people that I don't feel comfortable with. Sure. And now we won't, you know, if there's something that we don't want to do, we just don't do it. So you do say no to some things. Yeah. Have you said no to things that are could potentially be really great for numbers or likes or whatever? Um, we've said no to money, like brand okay. deals yeah. Yeah. that have that would not make sense for Doug. That would be promoting something that we don't personally believe in. And exactly. It's just it's never worth it to like to promote something. There's just too. People, they put trust in you. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't give them things that are good, things that are, I would you know. not have the. It just like it cheapens what we do if we just take every single offer. So then, when you do these big events, where I'm thinking specifically of like, did you have like a Claire's event where you went to a Claire's and mm-hmm. they're just like all these events where there are so many people? Is that exhausting for you? Oh my god, I'm drained. I can't even imagine. I am drained for days after those. 
Um, because of you being an impact, mm -hmm. sure. I feel, I can feel, I even feel like when someone has, like, an, like if a friend of mine is going through something, I feel it as if I'm going as through it. As if you're it. going through it. Um, and sometimes um, I'll, I'll feel it and not even know that they're going through it. And then they'll text me and they'll be like, this is happening. Or like, mm. and I just, I knew that they were going through it. Wow. But well, same I'm thing just, goes for people in, in I'm person. I'm thinking about the kinds of people that would stand in line to meet a little pug and he's adorable. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking about those kinds of people. They're probably very interested to tell you oh, he got me through. He makes me happy because I was going through this thing. Mm -hmm. And as an empath, you're like, oh, my God, with each yeah. person just invested in what they're telling you. Yeah. And it's just it's so overwhelming emotionally to know that these people are the people that like are giving me a life that I could only like dream of to be doing this for a living with Rob and Doug. And so it's just like this, it's just very, very emotional just on all aspects. And it's not like I'm there crying or anything, no, but sure. I just feel very drained. If I have to like be on, it's very draining for me. It doesn't come easily to me. And so sure. like when we're in, you know, business scenarios where we have to shake hands with 50 people or like when we have to go to the Claire's headquarters, Everyone there is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it is a lot of like meeting and greeting people right. and shaking hands and everyone asking questions. Like, <sighs> But it's a part of the job. Yeah. But I've also learned how to, you know, like protect my energy a little better. Mm. So I, I've, I've definitely gotten better. And well, I that's a good point. You say it's part of a job. I think people look at jobs like what you guys are doing and think that's amazing. That's a dream job. Their little dog takes them everywhere and they get to meet all these amazing people and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is jobs are jobs and ways that you pay your bills are ways that you pay your bills. Yeah. And that comes with a host of difficulties. Oh yeah. It's, I, I can't, always, it's always worth it, but like mm -hmm. there are those times where you're just tired and like anyone oh, is yeah. tired. Well, and one thing you've started opening up about on social media is health issues. Mm -hmm. How, where did that sort of, where did that come from in terms of starting to be open with it? And what kind of response have you received? It's been crazy. So I started realizing that I had things going on with my health right when like Doug was first really taking off. It was in like 2016 and all of a sudden I started getting cystic acne mm -hmm. and I had always had great skin. I've never really, in high school I had some acne, but like who doesn't? Right. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're traveling all over the place and doing all these things and I'd get off the plane and wash my face to go to bed and I'd have four new giant spots of cystic acne that hurt. And, you know, I, I was like, something is wrong. This is not me. And so I started doing all this research and like watching YouTube videos of like people that healed things organically. And I'm, I kind of got on this health journey um, and nothing was working. And I kept, you know, trying these things, buying these products and my skin kept getting worse. And, you know, we're, we're going to San Diego Comic-Con. We're yeah. staying in the coolest hotel we're hanging out with the stars of Riverdale and the entire time all I'm thinking of is, oh my God, they can see the bumps underneath my makeup. Yeah. And it's, it was such a blow for my confidence and my self-esteem, which like now I know like they didn't care about that. Like they were just, you know, but. But in the moment and you're, it, it's a new thing for you. This sort of like being around these sorts of people who I'm sure probably look 
spectacular all the exactly. time you feel like and it's a heightened insecurity yeah and it's and it's hard because Doug is like the face of it all but like we also it's it's also us sure you know right. like we you're we the one the, talking to people yeah we're, right. we're the one so like we want to represent Doug and our brand in the best way possible and so I would find myself getting really anxious and um knew something wasn't right and then all of my pain started when I would have my menstrual cycle so okay. my period I if we were traveling like game over I could I would have to like take a day like it was it's just painful to the point where I feel like I like the fatigue no matter what I would do chronic fatigue literally all day every day also terrible while traveling and then I would always be getting a virus always having problems like I would have something happen with Doug like we'd do something for work and then no matter what the day before I would go on the plane I would get sick and it's just, it was always like a cyclical thing. I'm like, what is, what is happening? And, you know, I've had people, I would have people telling me, oh, you're just stressed. You need to like not stress out so much. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but you know, you oh, probably that's easy. Might. Yeah. It's so I, you know, would try, I'd go to yoga and I'd do meditation and it helped, but nothing was like taking away all these problems. And so I started, you know, being my own advocate and, uh, talking to people and researching and um, figuring out, you know, diet stuff. And I, I did an elimination diet. And one of the things I had to eliminate was gluten. So my skin started to get a lot better. And it was an amazing feeling. And gluten, I realized how much it was, like, hurting everything else. But all of my other issues were still there. So I figured out I have endometriosis. I have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease of the now, thyroid. Did you know you had that in college, or was that something you discovered at the same time? I had oh no, I had no idea I had any of this stuff. Um, and then I also have uh, Epstein Barr virus, which is uh, essentially mono, but it lies dormant in your system. Okay. And they're they're finding that mon, uh, the Epstein Barr is one of the root causes of Hashimoto's, one of the root causes of endometriosis. It like can cause a lot of things. Wow. So I must have gotten a form of mono in college and it and has thus created all well, of these um, havoc. all of these things happening. I, you know, I posted an Instagram story one day when I was like in incredible pain on my period and I'm like, I think I have endometriosis, blah blah blah. And I just had like literally hundreds of messages from these girls like, I have this, I have this, I have this. Oh my God, I have this too. Like, this is crazy. And it really made me realize that I'm one of literally millions of people my age that are going through these same things. I should totally put aside my self-confidence like you know it's it's really really vulnerable to open up about things that well especially something like that you yeah know, it's not it's not just like I mean acne's one thing yeah we've all had acne but it's almost like I could see how you would feel like this is kind of a tender subject mm -hmm. you know so once I started getting that kind of response and like being more open now it feels a lot better and like I had my surgery we went out for the first time since my surgery and we were on the streets of Franklin, like taking a photo of Doug. I definitely shouldn't have been out at that point. I was in so much pain. I'm like, mm. what are we doing? But workaholic. I wanted right. to get photos of sure. Doug for Christmas. Sure. 
But this young girl, she was probably in her early 20s, came up to me and she was practically crying. And she's like, your post about endometriosis, like, I have this and I have this. And I just wanted to say thank you. And it was literally the first time I had left the house since my surgery. And I'm like, okay, like, this is helping people. It's worth talking about. It's worth talking about. And I think that goes for anybody going through anything, whether it be mental health, um, whether it be, you know, family things, health things, just anything like being open and being able to like have a good conversation with people that even if it's people you don't know, sometimes it almost feels better um, to talk to people that you like a lot of girls on social media before my surgery were giving me words of advice and encouragement about my surgery. And like, they don't realize how much they helped me. Hmm. Um, But yeah, just being vulnerable and being open it's well, and I think it speaks to what you've talked about earlier with you're not you don't see yourself as the type of influencer that would not be down to earth or who wants to give portray some sort of maybe lifestyle that's not true. It's very mm-hmm. important to you to be to be true me. and honest. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's so it's such a great sign of um uh wisdom and strength and confidence even though it you could be afraid of it. But yeah. I think it's so right to be, you know, to be open with it and, and how many people you have helped. I think at some point it's like I could hate my body and I could be like, wow, like I've done nothing but try and nourish you and this is what you're <laughs> doing to me. But like I have to love my body and my illnesses and I have to like embrace mm. them and realize like if it weren't for all these things happening to me, I would not be who I am right now. Right. I would not be have all this wisdom and knowledge about my body that I have now. I don't everything happens for a reason. I definitely live by that quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've talked a couple times about insecurities and are there any insecurities that you're constantly kind of fighting with and working with and they live alongside you and they just kind of, do I have insecurities? Yes. I can't even tell you, man. I mean, there's so many times when I'm like, is, you know, is Doug even still relevant? Like, mm. you know, or, there will be people that will come up to us and like, I could do this for a living. And then people say that to you. One of my first paid public speaking gigs and some, I won't say a curse word, but some guy, <laughs> some guy in the back row decided at the end Q and a, so what are you going to do when he dies? And then it's like, as someone with anxiety that sends oh you down gosh. a spiral. And right. So that's one of the things that we've had to deal with. Um, I have trolls, they don't come out often, but there there have been. It's usually on Facebook, and they'll you know, oh, he looks so unhappy. You're just like you're. It's so gross that you're exploiting your dog just for money, and it's like even though that is clearly not true in the slightest, when people are saying things to you about yourself, you like a part of you yes, wants to believe them. Sure. Because it's like, oh, is that especially how- as an empath? Going back to exactly. this, you're you. That's how you're feeling. Is mm-hmm. you. You, like, want to empathize with people. Exactly. Hmm. So, I mean, and those are, like, specific to Doug. But, you know, there's times when I'm emailing people and I'm like, do I even sound professional enough over email? Or, like, um, we'll be in a pitch for something and I'm like, do they think I'm too young? Like, Hmm. but all these questions, these insecurities, it's just, like, there's always that insecurity, but then 
right after it, there's that moment of hell. No, I'm not too young. Like I'm a badass. I'm 26. And you know, I'm, we just got to deal with American greetings, like screw them kind of thing. So you, you have to like battle your insecurities with your own confidence. Like you have to force yourself to have the confidence come out, even if you don't have any, I think that's something that I've learned. You just, I guess, got to tell yourself you have to fake it till you make it. I think one of the biggest things that helped Doug grow and helped this all become a reality, even when Doug had no followers on Facebook, I made his Facebook look really professional Mm. and really nice and branded. And so when people would go to see his page, they'd be like, oh, like, what is this? Like, this looks like something that I should be following or haven't just haven't heard of yet. And when he finally went viral, that really worked in our favor because it was it already looked established so it's like yeah all the work was done but you don't understand how many people in my personal life and these are not the best people in my personal life or were the best people but people were like what is she doing with her dog making like a professional Facebook page like who does she think she is you know so like so many people doubted me and this and everything I get it like we all you know whether we know it or not, like judge people and we're like, you know, who, why, why would they be doing that? But at the same time, you just have to like block it out and have to know that like you can do whatever the hell you want. This is, this is my life. Like if I want to make my dog famous, then I will. (laughs) And to all the haters who think that Doug is not well taken care of and that he's not happy, I just have to tell you right now, This thing is the happiest little uh, ball of fur, and he's very, he's wagging his tail. We would never put Doug in any situation that made him uncomfortable. Of course not. But that's, that's going back to, like, the trolls. Now, you know, four years into this, like, now we confidently can just like brush it off whereas before it would be like oh my god like blah 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 like do people think that we're like mistreating him because we would never do that but you just gotta tune him out for people who are looking to live life of remarkable measures what are some what are some tips or pieces of advice you can give to them as they kind of trot along their path always have good intentions i think You know, whether it be like starting your day with a good intention, like what you want to accomplish in the day or like whatever, but also with what career path you have with just your anything that you do should always be with a good intention. Mm -hmm. You should never be doing something for personal gain. Only it's like the more good you put out, it'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we've been very blessed with Doug. It's because we started this because his photos were making people happy. Mm. And it made me happy to see people happy. I didn't start this page thinking, oh, my God, this is totally going to make me money. And (laughs) it's going to make me a living and I'm going to quit my job. It was literally, it just all, it was all happenstance. It was all perfectly connected and timed out. And that, that can only show you that that was because we had good intentions with it. So live with good intention and I think always stay true to yourself. That's really important. Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. What a great reminder. 
Hey, if you liked this episode, I invite you to subscribe to the show so you can be made aware of future episodes. And if you're looking for a good one to listen to next, check out my conversation with Armchair Experts co-host, Monica Padman. She's Kristen Bell's right-hand creative partner, and her work on the Dax Shepard podcast has brought about awards and high acclaim for the show. You can find more information and listen to all previous and future episodes of the Rogue Ones podcast online at rogueonespodcast.com, on Instagram at rogueonespodcast, and you can find me on Instagram at Leslie Eiler Thompson. Thank you to Ryan Swinehart of Sick Island Studios in Nashville for his work to make this show sound great. Be well, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>